0: This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's a bowtie guy. Good morning and welcome to 2022. It is January 11th. Uh, I hope your year is going great so far. I hope you had a good new year. And we are happy to be here with you with show 196. I am joined once again by Big Squatch. Kevin, say hi to the people. How are we doing today? All right. Uh, hopefully, you get something out of this show like we do. Uh, one of the things that we want to get out of you is your input. And the way that we do that is by being on social media. So go find us on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams, on the Twitters, all that stuff. Join us, be friends with us, whatever they call it on their particular media. And uh, let's, let's have some connection. You can also uh, help to sponsor the show. By becoming a Patreon subscriber, go to messituppodcast.com, click on the become a patron button, and you can uh, help financially support the show for as little as $1 a month. We'll take more than that, but uh, as little as $1 a month helps out because uh, it's just that whole multiplying effect of many people doing it. Um, If you uh, give a lot more than a dollar a month, you can, uh, you know, each tier has different prizes and uh, rewards that we give for you, but you become part of our. Discord chat server so you can chat with other members. You can be part of our book club. Um, We got new books coming in for the year here, so uh, check all that out. If you like to do stuff on the texts, you can text to give. The number is 760 WALLS CA, W A L L S C A, like WALLS of California, because we go in behind those prison walls and help people out. Uh, So you can give your money tax deductible donations right there at any of those places. And we really, really appreciate all of our patrons for being here. We are to the point of the show where we have some multiple choice going on. And so our word of the week this week is recalcitrance. Let me say that again. Our word of the week this week is recalcitrance. And this word was sent in by uh, Andrew. Uh, Listener Andrew out in California sent us that one. So thank you, Andrew, for doing that. And so here's your options on what the word of the week means. Option A means obstinately defying uh, authority or restraint. Option B is the formation or process by which new bone is produced. Option C is the action process or result of combining or uniting. And option D is your mama. So go ahead and send in whichever ones you think that it happens to be and I will uh, be giving the winner some sort of a prize. So uh, make sure you do that. And this week, I think we're going to have whoever sends in the fourth correct answer um, will be our winner. Uh, And um, that is how we do it. So thanks for playing along. Go check out what recalcitrance means. If you can use it in a sentence this week, give yourself. 12 bonus points because, uh, you know, you had to do a little bit of work. Uh, And now, without further ado, because we have done enough, uh, let's go ahead and get on with the show, shall we? Sounds like a plan. All right. So uh, we were talking about things uh, to do and things to talk about and and whatnot and wherefores. And uh, I have these, you know, the stack of ideas and the one that stuck out to both Kevin and I was... This idea that I came across that, uh, or I thought about one day when I was sitting in church that if you want to improve, you've got to get better, that you can't just sit there and wallow. So um, that one stuck out to Kevin too. So I figure it must be a thing that we need to do if both of us like the 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 concept and the idea. So I think the first thing I want to look at is how do we know? How do you know? How would a person go about knowing that they need to improve? Which is basically, you know early on in the steps you know step one you know we recognize that there's a problem and you know our our life is out of control how do we how did you come to that point Kevin
1: well uh, my life was falling apart like my world was falling apart I recognized something was wrong and after being told (laughs) by my ex uh, so many times what she thought was wrong I started looking into what was going on. Um, I know like coming from the mental health, that it's not a straightforward answer, but generally you're going to find that something's off. And, you know, for each person, like not everyone experienced uh, depression the same way. Not everyone experiences anxiety the same way, but everyone can tell that something is off mm-hmm. in their world. Um, you know, do you not want to hang out with your friends as much as you used to do you find it harder to get up and have the motivation to get to church in the morning on Sundays um, <laughs> do you find it easier to not go to that extracurricular activity than it, than it used to be uh, there's so many options but I would say the easiest is you're going to recognize something's off in yourself
0: Yeah. I'm thinking about my time in the construction fields and there were times where I didn't have the proper tool. And I can remember seeing, um, I was at my daughter's house recently and her house is older and there was a nail that had worked itself out a little bit. So it's sticking out about, I don't know, a quarter of an inch or so. And I thought, well, I'll just get that nail back in. And so I took my hand and I smacked it. And, uh, it, uh, it went in the nail did it went into my hand not yep. into the board um, and so I did what anybody else would do I hit it again just to see if maybe <laughs> I had done it wrong and so after a couple of times of that and my hand feeling very bad I was like here's an idea let's get a hammer and bang it in with a hammer and sure enough first try it worked yep. it was uh, it was pretty amazing but it, it's it's Interesting to me how often I will bang that nail in or try to bang that nail in with my hand because it might work. Yeah. And I keep doing, and we say, you know, in recovery, that, you know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But I do keep doing those same things over, hoping, not hoping, wishing that I could get the result that I want, even if, uh, you know, all the evidence indicates that's not gonna happen, all of the wisdom indicates that that's not gonna happen. There's just like you know, this fleeting chance that it could, so I hold out for that because that's the chance that I want. You know, this thing is gonna make me happy. This activity, this substance, this whatever is gonna fix what's hurting in me. And it doesn't. It never does. No, and and, and I, I mean, do you have that issue of the repetition of stupidity? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I, I, the, the, just saying yes to that feels like such a severe understatement. <laughs> um, yeah, I've struggled with that my entire life. Uh, I'm definitely insane by our definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's only been recent. What, about... Almost a year ago at this point now, I would have called you in a complete breakdown because I had finally found that breaking point and realized nothing was working and I needed to do something different. Yeah. And because I was being insane. Yeah. And I was trying to fill up voids and hurts and habits and hang-ups with everything. I didn't, I wasn't dealing with them. I no. was just trying to fill them. Yeah. Um, and
0: so, <laughs> yeah. And the stuff that I did, or the stuff that I might still do in that repetition of insanity, feels like it makes sense at the time, because I've justified it in my mm-hmm. own head. I've come up with a way to justify it. It's like, yeah, this is, this is a good idea. This is something I should do. This, this will work. And if you want a great picture of this, I mean, uh, one of my favorite movies is a movie called Clean and Sober by uh, Michael Keaton back in the 90s. And he deals with drug addiction and he's talking to his sponsor and his sponsor, uh, at the beginning of the movie, it starts off with his sponsor sharing his testimony and he talks about going on a bender and falling and breaking his nose. And he looked in the mirror and his nose is crooked. And so he grabbed a hammer and started to try to bang it back into place, which probably at the time seems like, yeah, this will work. But when you step away from it or you look at it from another perspective, a a sane perspective, a sober perspective, it's like, dude, such a bad idea. And like banging in a, a nail with my hand. Like, look, if you know there's a hammer, go get the hammer. If you don't have a hammer, don't use your hand. No. It's it's just, it's not smart, but I just think, oh, I can do this. I can get away with, you know, this little bit of, of whatever it is, and I can, you know, and that's when I just start nibbling away at safety.
1: Yeah, and and I used to work at, in a power plant, and one of the like, that... <laughs> Pardon me, but to uh, one of the things they hammered on us a lot was the right tool for the job. Hmm. Because when you're not using the right tool for the job, your chances for getting hurt do go up. Right. And depending on how how wrong that tool is, it goes up a lot.
0: Yeah, and your chances and for success go down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and we like to joke that our uh, crescent wrenches were multi-tools. And we're capable of a lot of things. But, you know, I also have a lot of busted knuckles from trying to do that. Right, Um, And it's the same concept with addiction or with any other mental health issue you might be struggling with. The right tool for the job makes all the difference.
0: Yeah. And and, and trying to find that tool can be... A daunting task if you don't have the experience. If you're ignorant, which is is completely different people from stupid. Being ignorant is fixable. Stupid yeah, yeah. might be you know a chronic condition, but ignorance just means you don't have the knowledge. Uh, when I got out of college, I had just gotten out of college. I had a lot of knowledge, and I went to go. I, I moved to uh, outside of Seattle to a, a town of uh, called Kent, and I went and applied for a job at a hardware store. And the guy asked me, you know, what do you know about you know, hardware and tools and whatnot. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. Right now, I can spot on, I can identify a screwdriver. I can identify a hammer. And I'm probably going to be pretty good with a wrench, but I might call it pliers. Other than that, I don't know anything. But I can learn. And people would come in and they would ask me these questions about things. And I'm like, I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know what tool you need for this job. I don't get it now after a while I started doing it I started learning and eventually I got into working in the construction trades and I I can tell you the right tool for the job and I have I had arguments about people like no you don't want to use this tool you want to use it well I can use this I I know you can Mm -hmm. you know I can walk to New York City but I prefer to go in a car and I prefer even more to go by airplane because it's faster it's more expedient it's it's a more proper tool. Just because I can do something does not mean that I should do something in that yep, way. Exactly.
1: And I know for me, I, I was kind of fortunate when I was in the thralls of my alcoholism. I never thought that it you know, was going to solve my problems. But I was very aware that it would give me a night's reprieve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that they would still be there mm-hmm. waiting for me in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was aware of it but I still didn't know anything about it and that's why I got drunk the next night right to just keep pushing it off right because if I kept pushing it off I didn't have to deal with it just keep kicking that can down the road exactly and so did I resolve anything no I didn't nothing got fixed nothing got better I still was in trouble because I was drunk all the time I no one would trust me because I wasn't ever sober yeah and so,
0: I was using the wrong tool. Alcohol
1: yeah. was my wrong tool.
0: Using that wrong tool doesn't give us resolve; it'll give us dissolve because it'll dissolve relationships, it'll dissolve trust, it'll dissolve your liver. credibility, yeah. and dissolve your <laughs> liberty. Yeah, it, 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 and those words sound the same uh, if you say them fast enough, but they are not no. the same. It's, it's not the same outcome at all. Yeah, and
1: <laughs> and, and and I know when it comes to some of the stuff we're trying to talk about and finding those right tools, it's not easy. And I think the first tool that anyone needs to find is someone that can help.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and that's, that, that was what was critical for me in tools was I would go and ask my boss. And I, I was blessed to have a boss that required that. He said, don't make up an answer. Come and ask me. I'm never too busy to answer a question for a customer. And so I would go and I'd, I would instead of just taking the customer to the boss, I would take and I would stand there and I'd listen. So I could I could learn that. But knowing having a person who can help you, who can guide you, who can show you what's out there that you don't know and or maybe how to use the things that you do know or, or both is is a critical step. And, you know, you're going to disagree with me, but it's you know, we've hit the point in, in the show where it's time that if we don't stop People are going to need to push pause and go potty or something. So we're gonna we're gonna throw it into our our word of the or not word of the week our song of the week and our song of the week this week uh, kind of deals a little bit with what we were just talking about is having a tool and using a tool or or, or whatnot and one of the tools that I have found that I've used in the past or that's been used on me is fear and this is a song called Fear it's by the band Blue October which is not your normal uh, Christian band that we typically use on this but. I was listening to this song the other night and I said, you know what? I'm going to use that as a, a song of the week. So here it is. This is Blue October with Fear. Give it a listen. We'll be back on the other side to tell you our thoughts and to talk more about um, how to get better um, by improving uh, or how to improve by getting better. Or whatever it was that we were saying. <laughs> I don't know. Here's Blue October with Fear. All my life,
1: been running from a pain in me. A feeling I don't understand is holding me down. So rain on me, underwater, all I am. Getting harder, a heavy weight I carry around. Today, I don't have to fall apart, I don't have to be afraid, I don't have to let the damage
0: consume me, my shadows see through me cause fear in itself. October. That one's a, a powerful one. Well, uh, if you listen to the music, all of the music is a wide variety of, of styles, but power is definitely something that uh, an emotion is something that that Justin uh, puts into all of his music. So, Kevin, uh, you were not familiar with this one.
1: No, uh, no, I had to listen along with the with the listeners, and I just was <laughs> kind of speechless for a minute, and then I started listening to those words in the chorus a little bit more and realizing that I'm not sure he didn't know me. Mm. Um, yes, he's, he's been prying into all of our brains. He has, obviously. Uh, because in that chorus, fear kept me in places because I was afraid of the change. I was afraid of the unknown. And I stayed in bad situations relationships and other chemical dependencies because I was afraid of what the other side was. Mm. I didn't know what it was. And that's what made me afraid was I didn't know. Um, you know, I stayed in pretty verbally abusive relationships only because I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know what life would look like without that. Mhm, and and the fear kind of crippled me it kept me in this weird area where I wasn't wasn't willing to move yeah and you know and, and it almost seems ironic as I talk about it because you know we have the fight or flight instinct and I've always been the fight you scare me I'm going to throw my hands up and we are fighting because that's an instinctual reaction for me but yet in those relationships i would just stay there yeah cuz I, I was too afraid of what it
0: was to
1: move on yeah and that's the thing know. we
0: talk about fight or flight but there's a third option which is curl up in a ball freeze and just take it yeah 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 and fear is is so crippling and and you know that's why we talk about you're know, only as sick as our secrets and and getting that secret out and and owning the secret being the one who tells my own secrets, I, I rob fear of everything that it could possibly have uh, on me. And, and a couple of things stick out on this song to me. One of them is just the word today at the beginning. He says, today, I don't have to fall apart. I don't have to be afraid. And I love the idea of today because it goes back to that Romans 12 too, the renewing. It's every single day. Just because I conquer my fear today doesn't mean it won't be there tomorrow. It won't be lurking in the shadows. It won't be waiting for me. It won't be there and have me open the door and welcome it back into my life because it's going to keep on being there. It's, it, the devil doesn't give up. No, he keeps going. And when, when the devil gives up on you, he's either got you or you're so lukewarm. He just doesn't care because it's not worth the effort. You're not a threat to him anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I know that that today is, is so important to me. And, and then <clears throat> the other thing in, in one of the uh, lines, it says, the beauty is I'm learning how to face my beast, starting now to find some peace, set myself free. And at the time of him writing this, he was still dealing with addiction and, and in the midst of it and, and not sober yet uh, and just dealing with all those things that we deal with with our, our addictions and his was a chemical addiction which cost him his daughter and so many things that I mean you all know about what addiction can cost and he sees beauty in it he sees beauty in the fact that he knows that he can face that beast and he can do the battle with it and come out with a victory because he doesn't have to do it. And, and, and the idea that fear in itself will do it, you know, and, and we can't let fear be the only thing that's there. We've got to, like we said, we've got to use those other tools. We've got to get back up. Like he says, you yeah. know, I, I, I fall down, but, but then I get back up. And, and, and that takes us all back to, uh, you know, using those right tools. And, and, I, and I just have to say that the very last line, ask him to help you carry on. You know, if you're still bitter, you know, ask for more. But if if, if you need help, ask God. God's going to help you carry yeah. on. Absolutely. Um. So so having the right tools, not just s- being stuck, like you were saying, yeah. just s- be freezing and staying in that situation. That's a big job. It's it's it. It's a huge job.
1: It is. It is. You know, I, I work in the mental health field and it, it's really interesting if you cut your arm, we go to the doctor and we get it fixed. We don't hesitate mm-hmm. if we're, we, we're sick in some way. We go to the doctor and get it fixed physically. You know, there's no hesitation, but when it comes to mental health and... Some of those invisible ailments, <clears throat> we're very slow to get help. Mm-hmm. We just push them away. It's a stigma. Well, there's a stigma on it, and some people, oh, well, it's just a phase, or, or it's, um, or self justification is a big one when it comes to chemical dependencies, alcohol, drugs, whatever else. You know, we just self justify it. You know, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, i have yeah. been drunk for the past 14 days. It's not that big of a deal. Right. You know, I can stop anytime. Yeah. Let me, let me tell me that in 10 years. Yeah. Because that's who I was. I had a lot of things in my life that I needed to get help for. <laughs> and I just didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and really, I had gotten help for some things and was very controlling in what I would open up about to let someone in to help me. I was in therapy, but I wasn't playing the game, right? According to the therapist, because I only let him in to certain aspects, the stuff that was pertinent to the time, right?
0: And so I didn't really let him in. And I would say you were playing the game, but you weren't doing the job. Well, I was playing a game. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that's what I did. I just tried to yeah. play a game and just like, let's get through this.
1: Yeah, but <coughs> it wasn't until I did 12 steps and stepped in that I, I think I was fully honest with myself. Yeah. And was putting things down on paper to figure out what my issue is. And sometimes... You don't know what that issue is. You just know something's off, as we talked about earlier. But once you recognize something's off, do something about it. It's no different than, okay, we all can feel our bodies, and we know when something in our body doesn't feel right and it's off. Mm-hmm. Well, we schedule an appointment with the doctor to go you know, run some tests and figure out what it is. I, I would love to see people be more open to doing that for – their mental and emotional health. And that doesn't mean going to a psychiatrist or a doctor, but you know what? Open up to a friend or or reach out to somebody who might know a little more than we do and say, "Hey, something's wrong and I just need to start talking through this." Yeah. And maybe they will have something, you know, and just like every just like in medicine, there's no such thing as a miracle cure.
0: We're gonna try different things to find what works for you or me or yeah. And I just think. to clarify, you said that doesn't mean going to a doctor or a psychiatrist. I are you saying that's not the only thing it can mean? You're not saying don't go to a no. doctor.
1: I, I yeah, there are some things that I you do need to go to right, a doctor right, right, for. Right, yeah. I just mean, wanted to make like, sure that I, I that have that message is out there. I have bipolar. I have to go to a doctor. Yeah. Because <clears> bipolar <throat> is not something you can just manage on your own, you will mess up and you will fail every time if you try to deal with it on your own. Yeah. You need and to I know. have,
0: I have that friend who does that and he, he just says, I know it's a cycle and I'm in a down cycle and I'm just going to hold on until the cycle comes back up again. It's like, don't drown in the ocean, learn how to swim. Yeah.
1: You know, like one of the big things I do at work is I work with clients and teach coping skills. Hmm. And In those they can look like many different things. It could be as simple as breathing, you know stopping and You breathe in and you hold it for a couple seconds and you breathe out or counting to ten or journaling or uh, I'm working on one, you know, we have letter dice that are 20-sided and you roll the letter and you Look around you and identify things that start with a letter. It's a oh. grounding technique to kind of help bring you back into the very moment, you know, just to calm that anxiety. And you know what? Some kids and, and adults, you the breathing works fantastic for them. Others, it makes them more <laughs> mad. Right. You know, and so that's why I say not. it's a trial and error. To find what works yeah and sometimes and you need a
0: hammer sometimes you need a screwdriver
1: yeah you know you can hammer a screw in but it's not the right tool
0: yeah it doesn't work nearly as well or as long
1: yeah um and so as i said reach out because sometimes that friend might be able to have that advice that you need and it works for you sometimes the friends are gonna go whoa <laughs> We need to dig a little deeper. This is a little bit more than I can handle, mm-hmm. and and they, but that advice you still need to take into consideration. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and 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 ultimately, like the whole original concept for the show, if you want, if I want things to be different, I have to allow for change. Yeah. And if I'm the only person deciding which change I'll allow, well, I've probably already run my life through that filter, and I. It, you know, to quote Doctor Phil, "How's that working for you?" Yeah. And not to so dog on well, so I've got to probably do some things that I don't want to do at this point. Oh, absolutely, and and just see how it works. You know, well, try it out. How did you feel? Did you want to do your first four step? I did not. You I know. did I, well at that point when I was there. I was I was all in on it, yeah. but when you were talking about going and playing the game with the uh, uh, therapist, when I was required by. Um, uh, the state to go to counseling as part of my probation agreement, I sat in the therapist's office and lied about things that I wasn't willing to admit to myself yet because I was afraid. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. There was a fear of admitting this to myself. So I couldn't admit it to that person because I didn't want to know what they would think about me. I didn't want to know what I would think about me if I admitted these things. And here I was, i had already been and done the time for these crimes. And so I could admit to some of it that I knew that they knew, but the other stuff that they didn't, I and, and not crimes that I committed, but but things and and feelings and, and mm-hmm. emotions mm-hmm. I just wasn't prepared to deal with. So I'm sitting there in a therapist's office, lying to the therapist who is there. Their sole purpose is to help me, and I'm lying to them. It's like yeah. like lying to your lawyer. You know, their job is not to get you in more trouble, their job is to get you out of trouble. Yeah. And so you've got to give them the whole the whole thing. But I know you were talking about with, you know, physical health, sometimes people get embarrassed about about things. Uh, like people, you know, if if I've got a mole growing on my arm that's weird, I'll go to a dermatologist and like this is weird. Let's do something about it. If that same mole is growing on my butt, I might be a little bit more hesitant to to. You know, go to the doctor and do stuff because I'm embarrassed about it. You know, I had a friend who had to go to the doctor with uh, colon issues. And there's an embarrassment thing because and it's like, look, this is what this doctor does. This is, they get it. You know, they've yeah. been to med school. They they understand yeah. it. It's, it doesn't have, but I get in my own way. Yeah. So I can't get healthy because I'm not ready to change yet. Yeah. Or in my recovery, I'm not ready to give that up.
1: Well, how much of it when you were in your therapy and you were lying to the therapist, how much of it did you recognize in yourself at the time of those emotions? You listed out a few uh, symptoms and things you were trying to hide, but how much of it did you actually know was for sure the case at the time? Or did you just know something was off and you didn't want to deal with it?
0: Um, I wanted to get done with this court-ordered therapy and just give them something, and I didn't want to bring up more issues that would take more time. Fair. And I thought, I got this. I mean, yeah. that's that's that that that's the line that, you know, should be on my tombstone when I die is I got this because that's the thing that killed me, is I got this. Yeah, ain't that, that that's anybody though. Yeah.
1: And and I think like the, the point I'm trying to say is you may not have recognized what you were trying to hide. You just knew that you had issues and you wanted to hide it. Yeah. In there for and, and I had
0: no idea the depth of it. Yeah, I could see the mole. I couldn't tell what was going on under the surface. I saw the tip of the iceberg, but had no idea. Yeah, the it's massive monster that was lurking beneath. The you surface. saw a mole and just called it a freckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: and that's the thing is, so many of us do the same thing. I did. I, you know, I was a kid and I was struggling with a lot of things. And the therapist I was going to, I played him like a fiddle. And I gave him enough and and, I mean, he wasn't stupid. He knew I was playing games, but I tied his hands because I didn't give him anything to work
0: with. Right. And I see that, you know, in, in recovery, you know, doing it long enough, you see it and you, you'll be a person's sponsor. And I've, I've had people like, okay, you want me to be a sponsor? Okay. I'm, I'm your sponsor. Cool. Uh, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna do the recovery for you. You've got to do it. And, and they're not doing it and they're feeling good about it. And I'm like, whatever. You're feeling good about it, but you're not getting it done. You, if you want to get better, you've got to do more than this. You've got to change some things. I was talking to a person just last night and we were talking about recovery issues. Their parents had been uh, drug addicts and this person and their siblings were both recovering addicts. Mm. And they were telling me this while they were drinking and getting progressively more drunk. And they said, well, this is just for me. I can handle this. And I'm thinking to myself, and I didn't know this person from Adam. I you know, I, I met them in a, a social situation and it was just conversation. So I'm not going to set them straight, but I'm thinking to myself, you're just fooling yourself. You, you yeah. haven't licked it. And yeah, maybe you're not taking the cocaine. Maybe you're not doing the heroin. But by golly, you're still trying to cover things up by using that alcohol and you haven't gotten to the root you're just dealing with symptoms you're looking at freckles instead of cancer
1: yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the truth with all of it but kind of going back to the song was the today and I kind of liked where you started going with that because there's a lot of things in life like grief over a lost loved one mother, father, brother And everything I understand about it, it's, and even what I've lived with personally, it never really goes away. You just learn how to live with it. Mm -hmm. And each day you have to figure out how to get through the day. And that's sometimes, that's the best coping skill, is figuring out how to get through the day. Yeah. Because, you know, if I can get through today, well, chances are I can get through tomorrow as well. Yeah. And over time it gets easier. And while it never really is gone, the loss and, and the hurt from that loss, you do learn to live with it and get back to a normal functioning life. And it's the same with any of it. When I'm, when I'm having my depression episodes in my bipolar, which thankfully my medications keep it very minimal, I still recognize it. I see it now. Where before I got my diagnosis, I'm just like, well, that's fun. You know, and you know, and guess what? That's when the whiskey came out. Yeah. So let's compound a depression with a depressant.
0: <laughs> yes. It, it's so uh, funny that people say, oh, I'm just drinking to have a good time. And it's like, no, you're no. taking a depressant.
1: Yeah. It, it, there is a comical irony in it and how socially acceptable it is. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I find it actually funny because I do not drink. I, I won't even eat foods that are cooked with alcohol. I had to make a hard line for myself and how socially unacceptable that is. People don't understand that I don't want a drink because for Kevin, I can't have one. Right. For me, one equals one whole bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's. Because I overdo everything. (laughs) Yeah. And with all of it, it's all been about just getting to the next day. Even going through the 12 steps. What is it 12 steps is? You know, one step at a time. Yeah. One day at a time. Yeah. The Lord, God, said we can't worry about tomorrow. It's pointless. He has it handled. God already has it, and he knows what's going to go on turn it over to him and allow him that confidence and believe me i know that is easier said than done yeah but again with practice it becomes easier you know the first time i i prayed to turn my will over to god was amazing like it was such a freeing feeling But you know what? I forgot for the rest of the week. (laughs) You know, it's something day to day we have to figure out and we have to do it. And you know what? Sometimes, like in my case, I had to write everything down. I have to make a list. This is what I have to do in the morning. Yeah. Until I create that habit. And once I create that positive habit, let's make it positive. Right. Then I don't have to do it anymore.
0: Yeah, and I think about that, that idea of, of, like you said, you know, the pain, it doesn't go away, you keep going. And uh, one of my favorite movies, and Bev and I just rewatched it recently, it was Sleepless in Seattle. But first time I saw it, I was going through divorce and, you know, the guy loses his wife and he's talking to this lady on the, the thing. He says, you know, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of bed every morning, breathe in and breathe out all day long. And then after a while, I won't have to remind myself to get out of bed in the morning and breathe in and breathe out. And after a while, I won't have to think about how I had it perfect and great for a while. And, and we just do those things. And there's a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman called Next Five Minutes. And it talks about, you know I'm, I'm gonna live right now until the next five minutes becomes the last five minutes. And then I'll do it all over again. And we just, sometimes we just have to take that next step. We can't think about the marathon, just the first step, the first bite of the elephant.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's a really awesome way to look at it because so many of us kind of have this idea of how we want our life. And that's the 30,000-foot view. Mm -hmm. And that's what we try to operate. And we forget that sometimes we have to come down to the one-foot view, the one-inch view, in order to make it through the problem. Mm -hmm. We can't solve a problem from 30,000 feet. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to get down there to where you can touch it, manipulate it, work with it. And depending on whatever your situation is, like mine with bipolar or even lying, I had to get down to it. And it had to be day to day. Sometimes it was minute to minute. Yeah. You know, and I was sitting in CR on a Friday nights. It's hard not to want to go get a day one chip every week Mm -hmm. because I'm like well I can work on that oh I can work on that (laughs) oh I can work on that you know and I don't because I I have mine and and I I carry my 12 step chip because that's the one that for me means a lot it's the one that means everything to me and I just pull it out and I'll rub on it you know my Mm -hmm. little worry stone Mm -hmm. and then I don't feel the need to get the one step day chip, but I gotta remember it's day to day. Yeah, you know we can't fix a problem from thirty thousand feet and focusing on what next month is.
0: Yeah, and we can't. You know, if if I'm looking and saying, all right, I've got this this addiction, I want to get out of it. I want things to change, but I want to keep all my friends. I don't want to get rid of my friends. These are my friends. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to have to cut these people out of my life. These are my, you know, family. I don't want to have to do that. I, I don't want to change my habits. You know, these are these are things that I do. I enjoy doing this. I don't want to have to go around different places. I, you know, I love these places. If everything is the same, nothing's gonna change. We've got to make those sometimes painful surgical removals <laughs> of people, places, habits, things. To get better or it's just not gonna get better.
1: No, I feel very personally attacked right now. You kinda stabbed me in the chest with that. Because for me, I was as addicted to the social element of going to the bar Mm -hmm. as I was to the alcohol. Mm -hmm. So when I quit going to the bar, I was really quitting two things. Yeah. Because that social aspect was I maybe even more addicting for me than the alcohol was. You know, the, I, I was getting drunk is kind of a byproduct of hanging out with everyone and swapping stories and doing stupid things. And to kind of hammer on that point was, see, proper tool, hammer <laughs> on that point is when I quit drinking, those friends quit hauling. Yeah. So it kind of made it an easy... Separation because you realize they didn't really, it was just because we drink together at the bar, it wasn't because we were friends, yeah. And if that's something you're struggling with, I promise that they will make it easy for you, and you will know who is the friend worth keeping and who was only with you because you were partying,
0: yeah. And and here's if you hear these two words from your air quotes friends when you try to. Do different stuff with them than the stuff that was the addictive stuff. If you hear these two words, you know it's a bad situation. And the two words are, come on. You know, when your friend is like, come on, you can do this. Come on, just have one. Come on. Once they start telling you, come on, no, leave. Get on out of there and, 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 you know, cut bait because it's just, that's not going to end well because they haven't gotten rid of it. And it shows. That without that, like you said, it's not a friendship. It's not a friendship based on you. It's a friendship based on this chemical, this activity, this thing.
1: Yeah. The ones that are worth keeping in your life. And my dad did this for me recently. We all went out to dinner and, uh, we were at one of them nicer joints that, you know, they serve the fancy drinks, the pinky out like drinks. McDonald's. No no, no, no no, fancier. No, it was fancier. It was an Italian place, but it was like your pinky out alcohol drinks. Ah, um, And my dad likes to have drinks now and then. And I told him, hey, dude, you're more than welcome. You know, just because I'm not doesn't mean you can't. And he's like, no, I'm going to support you. When someone tells you that. Yeah. Pull
0: them in a little closer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is
1: someone you want in your
0: life. Right. Yeah. Because I've had people whose family couldn't. They're like, well, why can't I just, why do I have to change? Because you've given it up. I haven't. It's like. Yeah. It's not a matter of why can't you drink? Why should you? Do you have to right now? And if you can't give it up because I'm around, maybe that's time for you to look at it yeah. and see you know, if you've got a, an issue too. It, it's just, it, it's, and like you said, this, it's a socially acceptable thing, especially yeah. with drinking, you know? Meth, yeah, I'm gonna give you, that's not as socially acceptable, but but having a drink at dinner or whatever, it's like, come on, yeah, just have one. Uh, so, well, we've been talking about using the proper tools in recovery. And one of the tools that I'm using right now is the clock. And I see that we are, (laughs) are long into this. Uh, we're, we're, we're crashing through the three quarter of an hour mark. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and put a button in it right there, but this was, uh, this is a great discussion. Listen, um, don't forget to use that, uh, that lovely word of the week in your sentences, um, which is recalcitrant recalcitrance, um, and give yourself bonus points. Uh, check out Blue October. Um, it's not easy. Uh, guy deals with a lot of issues um, around addiction and depression and whatnot, but uh, some very beautiful, beautiful stuff as well. Um, and uh, one of my more favored bands, uh, especially in the non-Christian sense. Uh, so check that out. Uh, thank you for joining us on social media. Uh, don't forget, if you want to be part of our Patreon um, subscribers, you can go to messituppodcast.com, click on the button there, or you can text MUM, M-U-M, to 760 walls C A, and uh, that'll take you to our giving as well. It's all tax deductible, so you get a little love from Uncle Sam for giving a little love to Uncle Bowtie. So Kevin, thanks for being here once again appreciate your time
1: I feel like you should give bonus points if they can just simply say the word without trouble you know
0: I would let's 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 do something here special for the people this is not not everybody would do this for you but uh, let's see it it's like <laughs> 11 letters I couldn't even count them give yourself 11 extra bonus points if you say it correct uh, so um, I think that's all I've got other than to say we'll see you next time we mess it up Oh. thanks for checking out the mess it up podcast if you've got any questions or feedback please email info at don't forget to share with your friends and we'll see you next time we mess it up